Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're back in the bedroom. We, I don't even know why we're back in the bedroom, by the because way. Because we don't have a babysitter Is tonight. that why? We, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even think we need to be in the bedroom anymore, but you know, whatever. Yeah, we're back in the bedroom tonight because we don't have any child care. So um, our guest has already been forewarned that little humans might come in and interrupt us. We're cool. hoping not. They're pretty cool, though. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Amanda. I and, taught the youngest uh, one how to do a body slam today she was oh yeah (laughs) she was on the receiving end of it though (laughs) yeah her older sister was getting quite worried about her she's like what are you doing you might hurt her stop body slamming her slamming her onto like a pile of clean laundry which is probably not a good idea yeah thanks by the way thanks (laughs) it's a hard life lesson to learn (laughs) (laughs) gotta learn it sometime i I think that you need to have some boys in your life mark um well yeah <laughs> well, hey everyone, it's Amanda, and we have Alex on the phone. And Alex is the founder and CEO of a company called Neurofit, and uh, it's a relatively new company. And I'm going to let Alex really tell you about it. But from what I understand, is uh, they use virtual reality in rehabilitation, um, and it seems to be uh, like training your brain, kind of thing. I don't know how big or small the playing field is on this. The way we come up with a lot of our topics is just I'm sitting around thinking about stuff Amanda's sitting around thinking about stuff or we see something on Facebook or we're having a conversation somewhere with right. somebody and I have no fucking idea where I started thinking about this to be honest with you and then it just jumped into my head I'm like I think our listeners would get a freaking kick out of this idea of virtual reality that's being used as part of rehabilitation whether whatever the rehabilitation is you know what I mean whether yeah. it is um, going to be involved with addiction I don't even know I'm making shit up right now right or, <laughs> or physical rehabilitation or nervous system rehabilitation that type of thing mm-hmm. and then I start to Google around a little bit and I found next to next to nothing i was shocked at how little i found there's there's maybe three people that i I ended up seeing i can have a contact and i hunt down people like crazy like i'm on linkedin i'm 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 finding you at your place of work i'm calling you at your place yeah he will find you so anyway so i'm i I find this person that works at u of t and they run a, a lab at u of t and so i send her this nice email and then it bounces back like she's on mat leave so i'm like i'm never getting a fucking fucking email back at all no right and then i find a physiotherapist who works I think at Toronto Rehab um, I called her at work because I couldn't find an email address for her and I don't think yeah. she was too thrilled that I fucking called her in the middle of the day when she's like with patients and clients <laughs> so I didn't I, you know I'm like call me back anytime and yeah, I got nothing right and then yeah. I found you guys on Facebook was it Facebook or Instagram I can't remember where I found you guys first third time's a charm Mark oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you found me on uh, Facebook 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 because that's where I go last to search for these things I don't know why I would have gone wouldn't have gone there first, but anyway. Yeah. Well, then, either way, great great to be uh, part of the roster, and I appreciate it. You know the outreach, and no, super excited. I mean, I think there's a lot of overlap with what we're doing, albeit you know we're all helping people, we're all working to support their you know unique needs in whatever way, supporting brain health, wellness, uh, in whatever capacity. But ultimately, I think you know we're you know we're all kind of on the same mission here. So I think it's super excited. And, you know, I want to learn as much from you guys as hopefully I can, you know, uh, share with you and your audience. Oh, you might be very disappointed. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's set the bar here. Well, why don't we start right at the beginning then, Alex? And uh, why don't you introduce yourself for all of our listeners? So a little bit about your backstory, you know, what your education was in, what your where your career path was taking you and how you ended up deciding this is what you were going to do in finding uh, this company. Yeah, I know. It's definitely been 
I've been a bit of a journey. Um, I mean, like I'm, it's, it's, you know, with entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship, as I'm sure with, you know, you, you, you know, from your own perspective that, you know, the highs are really high, the lows are really low. Uh, you know, it's just this kind of cyclical pattern of kind of, uh, thrilling, amazing experiences followed by, you know, you know, soul crushing ones. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't have traded it for the world, but to give you a bit of a, a backstory about where I came from. So I think really the whole story for me started at the outset of my undergraduate degree. And so uh, essentially I was a York, York alumni and I had gone through school uh, with a double major in psych psychology and linguistics. And so, you know, pretty, pretty broad, you know, this, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, You know, not, you know, much like any other student, you know, yeah, you kind of lying to yourself if you kind of have it all mapped out and planned right out, you know, right out the gate. So, uh, you know, I kind of was falling into the same thing. And what I loved was kind of what I was good at, what I enjoyed, you know, I liked um, analytical, like thinking analytically, you know, I liked, um, I love video games. I love sports. I love fitness. Uh, I loved all those types of things. And so, you know, you kind of just gravitate towards thing towards those. And then you kind of say, Oh, you know, school, you know, I love it. I am enjoying it, you know, but is this something I want to continue doing and keep moving down that path? So eventually I started to just say, Hey, you know what? I gotta, (laughs) I gotta, I gotta be an adult about this. And so, so let's, let's start thinking like one. Uh, And so I really, really, really started liking some of the courses I was getting into with regards to like neuroscience, rehabilitation, basically neuroplasticity, like how the brain recovers, Mm -hmm. what parts of the brain recover, how does this differ from person to person, culture to culture, gender, you know, it's a really interesting domain that I think we really know so little about. Alex, I will tell you, since you don't know me at all, neuroplasticity is probably in the top five words that just get me excited and I'm suddenly listening. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you started (laughs) listening now. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'll sprinkle some more buzzwords in. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely something something that I think a lot of us take for granted and, you know, um, and we really don't pay much attention to, you know, kind of why we do what we do or the habits we formed or why do some people see certain outcomes in, in therapy and others don't despite, you know, kind of similar, um, you know, achievements or, or, you know, uh, tasks. So really that was kind of the impetus for me to kind of kick things off. And, and really from there, it kind of just ballooned and took on a life of its own. But in between that time, I really didn't have that North star guiding me. So I was kind of, you know, dabbling in different types of industries, didn't know where I was going to take it. Again, I had a very vague and faint interest in a lot of different things, much like many other people going, coming out of undergrad. But what had happened, unfortunately in 2012, was that my dad had experienced a major life-changing stroke. And so for me, I'm the oldest in my family. And this was something that was, you know, really life-changing for us, right? You know, not only for myself, but for our family, the dynamics, the composition, the way you approach different aspects of your life shift. Um, So, you know, you're going from the son to the caregiver and, you know, to the caregiver to, you know, like, like kind of people look up to you in the family and you kind of have to start to make more executive decisions and your decisions have bigger impact. And so it's, it totally like transformed the way I had to like think and approach things, but also renewed my sense of kind of where, where I was going in life. And so for me, 
the biggest challenges that I saw was going through the motions of taking him with different types of rehabilitation, going to different appointments, going, you know, pushing wheelchairs through like the cold Canadian winters and finding parking spots and really obscure downtown parking. And, you know, mm. just all of these like combination of things really does chip away at you. And these appointments are kind of fairly strict, right? Because, you know, if you don't go, they push you weeks and weeks out and, and, you know, really time is of the essence, right? Mm -hmm. Because as I'm sure, you know, the sooner you can kind of jump into, uh, you know, kind of a more routine course of care, generally speaking, the better the outcomes, right? And that happens with a lot of things in life. You know, if you have an injury, the faster you can get to it, the better the outcomes, you know, give a cut, you know, the faster you, you attend to it, um, you know, no scarring or lesser scarring, you know, so there's a lot of different ways that our body reacts to things like that and patterns in that way. And so, you know, really what I was seeing was just a huge breakdown in just not only the, the, uh, the way that care was delivered, but how they offer it in a more personal way. It didn't really feel that it was made for him. It felt that it was made for anyone that felt v- vaguely like him. And so, you know, that, you know, while that obviously we're not expecting, you know, a, a red carpet treatment, you know, I get it. You know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, we all want that, you know, one-on-one personal touch whenever you go into the hospital and stuff like that. And we know that that's not always available, especially in, you know, Canadian uh, healthcare systems, right. Just, just by virtue of the way it's set up and all that right. stuff. Love it. Love Canada. Love that, you know, everything that, you know, all the care system that it can provide. But my question was, can we do more? Can we improve this in some meaningful way that enables professionals the tools they need to give that personal touch, to engage with with their patients, to offer care in a much more unique and tailored way? This is perfect because this is exactly what we do. We're massage therapists. We see patients for extended periods of time. Our scope of practice is overlapping with a lot of other manual therapists, chiropractors, physiotherapists, and so on. And that is one of the biggest pulls for massage therapists is that quality one-on-one time that is spent it's ideal and so i know exactly where you're coming from for this for this this need for this tailored care of Mm -hmm. maximum efficiency i i totally get it absolutely and you know now you want to throw in things like being able to optimize and increase your clinic's capacity and take on more patients potentially generate more revenue things start to fall through the cracks and people are the ones that are you know, that, that feel the repercussions of these, these kind of changes. So not that there, you know, not that it was something that was potentially devastating, but I knew that we could do better. And I knew that I wanted to be in that sector to make that change. And there's almost like this light bulb moment that happened. I know this is going to sound stupid and cliche. And, you know, for those stupid. of you guys, you know, listening in, you know, you're probably going to say, oh, what the fuck's this guy talking about? And some of you might say, hey, I get it. But it's this moment happened in, in, in just before my master's degree. And it was this moment where you kind of start to say this idea that sits inside you of wanting to change it, wanting to do better. It becomes more than just, I think I could do something. It becomes, I need to do something. And then that I need becomes like, almost like 
your whole life becomes kind of intertwined with this passion. It's your mission. It's your compulsion. Mm-hmm. It becomes it becomes your identity. Yeah. Where you cannot see the world this day onward without your idea being in, in part of that process or that being able to resolve that problem or to help people, not only to help my dad, but to help people like him. And to know that the challenges of other caregivers and professionals and providers, and how can we bridge that gap and connect those dots and care. And so that was to me, that light bulb moment where I went from this misguided kind of, you know, skateboarder, snowboarder, you know, kind of guy that likes to bike and, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of go with the flow kind of thing to, you know, much more purposeful, much more intentional. You know what? It doesn't sound silly to me at all. It doesn't sound silly to us at all. We're no. on your team. We we hold sometimes every once in a while, like a business meetup that we do for yeah. other massage therapists and we do it over Zoom. It's just like kind of a random free for all, super informal, you know, bring your drinks, smoke them if you got them. And we talk a whole nice. bunch of business stuff. And one of the pieces that we brought up last time we did it, which was just on Friday, and I was going to ask you about it, but I think you gave me the answer already. Yes, he did. Was I was watching a TED Talk. Amanda was with me. We were watching a TED Talk, and this 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 one person was talking about entrepreneurs. And when he was doing his PhD and he was doing a whole bunch of studying about entrepreneurs and, and the psychology of entrepreneurs, one of the things he was asking them was, did you ever experience a no-return moment? And pretty much what he came up with was almost 100% of the entrepreneurs that that would be classified as successful, they had this no return moment, the point of I can't go back. This is my purpose in life. This is my mission. This is what I need to do. And and the other half of the 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 whatever he classified them as unsuccessful. I don't know the metrics that he used to do that, but their answers were basically like, no, I haven't hit this moment of the point of no return. And so I feel like that, that sounds like your point of no return. And then immediately after Mark and I were like, we've hit that point of no return. And we were both really happy to be able to say, yes, we've hit that point of no return. That's awesome. No, I think it's a, it's definitely gratifying. It's definitely an enlightening experience, but it's also probably one of the scariest because it's the most uncertain. It's a time when I felt the most confident, but the least, you know, kind of convinced, you know what I mean? Like it's a weird paradoxical feeling where you're grappling. The beauty of that time though, is you're 100% committed and therefore you you, you kind of, you kind of question less about the stuff you're doing. You know what I mean? You, 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 because you're 100% committed, like it's easier to be 100% committed than 98% committed. Yeah. Because at this point now, you know what you're going to do. It's now just figuring out how you're going to do it. It's not, am I going to do this? Is this going to work? No, I'm doing this. And now it's just building the plan and following the the plan. Exactly. But I understand what you mean. It's like the most confident and also like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's all on me now. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's just uh, it's a very interesting moment. But I think it's one that I look back and I say, you know what, like some things, you know, I hate to say it, but some things happen for a reason. And that reason is what gave me the drive I needed to make this happen. Why do you hate to say it? Why do you hate to say that? Yeah. Ben and I both look at each other the same time. Like, it's just that, you know, when you think of kind of like things happening for a reason, you never think of it at the expense of someone you love. Gotcha. Right. right. That's why I'm saying that because it's, it's not that, you know, It's not that I do this, you know, because I know this space. It's that I do this stuff because I want to, you know, 
I want to make this part of my life. I want to share this with other people, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's, it's just a shitty circumstance that had to happen. And, you know, that's kind of why I said, you know, what I said. Right. But I mean, it's, um, I mean, that, that, that's pretty much it. So, I mean, that's sorry if I uh, maybe made it a little more ambiguous. No, than no, it no. To be. no, 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 that makes perfect sense. But it also you can you know, put the the other spin on it as well, that yeah. it is a shitty circumstance. One hundred percent. You're right. I mean, yeah. nobody wants to watch uh, one of their family members suffering in any way. Right. But it's also this really cool thing where like your dad is such a part of this too, right? And so he would be like so proud of this whole thing, I'm certain. Absolutely. And, you know, I I always think of that to this day, you know, and uh, unfortunately it's been uh, a little over two years since he passed. But at the same time, you know, I, I know that, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am without this, you know, this, this event in my life taking place. But I mean, Fast forward, you know, to kind of, you know, to, I know I'm kind of dragging it on a bit, but the, the idea, you know, and how this became ultimately a business was just me sitting in my chair and, you know, in Hamilton, Ontario, I used to live there for a couple of years doing my master's and I went to McMaster University and, um, you know, beautiful place. I loved it. I enjoyed it uh, every minute that I was there. Um, and I was just sitting there and I'm just like, you know, getting, I'm writing my thesis. I'm doing all this like paperwork, reading, writing <laughs> presentations the typical academic lifestyle. Right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, maybe I want to take a stab at this idea. Cause I didn't, I don't come from a business background, right. I come from an, like an academic clinical research driven background. So it's kind of like a bit of a paradigm shift. Cause when you go from science and, and academics, it's like, okay, write this 50 page paper or 20 page paper or whatever. And then in business it's like, all right, tell me your whole like master's thesis in like 35 seconds or less because <laughs> so I have like, like basically ADD <laughs> is the subtext. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, the idea, the idea is that it's, it's a total different like paradigm. Yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I'm sitting there and I present and I just, uh, sorry. And I, and there's this event that comes up for $50,000 in Hamilton. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, like, what the hell? I don't have a business. I don't have an idea. I mean, I just have, I just have this, this kind of this flame in me, so to speak. Right. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just going to throw something into the wind, see if something sticks or catches whatever, and we'll run with it. So I just throw out this application. And at the time the company was called OcuTherapy. It was a big mouthful of a word, so many syllables. Mm-hmm. We changed the name. We changed, we went through a rebranding, but that was the name I went with. And I'm like, all right, cool. Throw it out there. And I get, I get a call back from this guy and uh, I'm just like, hello. And it's some random number. And, and I almost didn't even pick it up to be honest. And he goes, Hey, um, you know, my name is, what's his name? I'm totally forgetting right now. Um, but anyways, <laughs> it'll hit me after, but anyways, he goes, you know, Hey, uh, are you Alex? And I said, yeah. And he goes, um, so I just letting you know that the judges were mixed about your decision to move forward, but I have my PhD and I kind of understood the research jargon that you were using, but in the future, try to use less kind of like, you know, like super high level, like jargon, jargony words. I said, Oh, okay. And he's like, so um, I guess all I'm trying to say is um, we'd love to have you present. And I said, are, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like nice. I'm one of the 10 people you want <laughs> to present for 50,000, like deal. All right. And he's like, yeah, just bring your product and come present. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you got it. And so, so I'm sitting in my room and I'm just like, what the fuck did I just say? 
<laughs> and, and it turns, and then, so I go there and I basically put on this big presentation and all these like, you know, little designs and everything, but the product. And I go up there and I present, I didn't win, but at the same time I said, Hey, you know what? If they considered me for $50,000 with literally nothing, I just waved my hands around for five minutes hmm. and, and I said, okay, maybe I'm on to something. Let's keep going. And so that was kind of where it all began. And now we're, you know, like, you know, not to, you know, kind of toot my own horn or anything like that, but Do I mean, it. we're, you know, we're across Canada, we're across the U S right now, we're moving into Europe right now uh, with our product. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time, but at the same time, it's, it's a journey and you got to respect the process Absolutely. and failing that initial fuck up was the process. So yeah, that's basically it, you know, and it just, learning. Um, but I think really the North star through the whole thing was just being curious so much so that I actually made it the topic of my Ted talk when I did a, I did one a couple of years ago. And, uh, so, so yeah, so it was a really, really exciting time. Um, you know, and, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we're doing. I'm happy to share kind of what it is. I know I've kind of given you a bit of backstory, but it probably you guys don't know what it exactly is. So. Oh, that's where we're going next. That Yeah, I that was going to be it. the next thing is, okay, I understand about you and why you decided to do this. And uh, as I said at the beginning, the only thing I really know about NeuroFit is that it is a sort of a virtual reality product that assists in rehabilitation. And from what I can see, um, and now it makes sense with your backstory, you know, working with me, you know, maybe people who have had a stroke or maybe other brain yeah. injuries, it's, it seems very focused on training your brain. And you brought up one of my favorite words, neuroplasticity. So can you, and dumb it down, Alex, no jargon, can you explain to our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in somewhere, mm-hmm. um, what exactly it is, you know, who, who are your clients? Who are these patients that are coming to see you? And, you know, how, how these products are tailored to them and, you know, what, what they do. Little disclaimer, I've totally abandoned the jargony stuff. Now it's just kind of, you know, you pepper it in every once in a while, but uh, I, I have uh, definitely learned to bring the 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 kind of the vernacular, so to speak, to like a much more simple way, even though vernacular is a bigger word. I should have chosen <laughs> something different, but you know what I'm saying? I had a, I had a drink, so bear with me. I'm trying to enjoy the night here. Um but uh, no, it's, it's um, so yeah, so, so simply put, you can think of NeuroFit as the Fitbit for the brain. So just like a Fitbit, you know, Fitbit tells you, you know, information about your health, your activity levels, um, and it guides you through that journey. But we don't really have that indicator. So like, so for example, when you go to the gym, you know, you know, you have a good workout, um, you know, when you're sweating, you've got endorphins going through, you're feeling good. But we don't really have that indicator for the brain. Right. So especially when the context of rehabilitation or something therapeutic. So I wanted to put together just that. And the way you can think of NeuroFit is that we create these personalized set of therapeutic exercises that are based on that are scientifically based backed by research. But also the cool thing about it is that we put them into these scenarios. So rather than testing people on what they're doing and their raw performance, we can look at how they're feeling, how engaged they are. Is that person at risk of burning out? Is that person um, motivated to continue? Is that person likely to drop out from therapy? And, you know, if they leave, they lose out on their care and they, you know, can potentially, you know, not see any sort of improvements or potentially get worse. And then, you you know, as a therapist, you lose out on that person as a client, you know, billable hours, just building that relationship. 
And it's kind of like, you know, so we really wanted to bring those two sides together. And so effectively speaking, it you just jump right in. We've got these exercises. So, you know, things like navigating new and unfamiliar paths in the forest. And we're looking at things like how do you how do you navigate something new? What what areas are you looking at? How much help do you need? And so the funny thing about it is that we've been able to bridge this to an online method. So it started off as purely virtual reality. So like, you know, headset, right. you know, glo- like uh, the controllers, all that stuff. And then COVID hit and I'm watching all of my buddies like startups and they're like, you know, we regret to inform you, but we're closing our doors. We're mm-hmm. shutting it down, mass layoffs. And I'm like crapping myself. Cause I'm thinking, Am I looking at the future of what we're going to be doing? Mm. Is this where we're headed? Like, are we kind of in a sinking ship and I'm just the only one that doesn't know it? And, and I was like, oh my God. So I literally just stopped, talked to my team. It was, this was about almost a year, I would say almost a year to the day. And I just say, Hey, listen, you know, Hey guys, like, like, I don't want to let anyone go. And uh, I want to make sure that you all understand the, you know, impact of what we're doing, but we need to recalibrate what's going on because at the time, logistically speaking, hardware from China is not coming out anymore. Distribution slowed down. The borders are locked up. A year ago today, nobody was leaving their house, period. Like a year yeah. ago today for a new business was yeah. one of the scariest times ever. I mean, for massage therapists, everybody was yeah. like, is anybody ever going to want to get touched again? Should we all yeah. just quit? Like yeah. it was crazy. For sure. Because you think about it, right? You think about it in the context of that, you know, that we're kind of, there is no handbook for what we're doing. There is no person you can consult that can help you. There is no leadership handbook or rules or people that you can reference and say, Hey, you know, like no one could say like, yeah, I've been there, done that. Like they can't. So we literally just had to get super creative and we adapted, put it online and we just threw it into the world. And in the middle of the pandemic, you know, we got a customer here out in Calgary and, you know, and then, you know, so I'm like, okay, listen, Guys, I'm talking to my team. You know, if people are willing to open up their wallet in the middle of the worst economic times, we're on to something. Let's keep doing it. Let's stay, let's stay focused. And then, you know, so just trying to really bring that, you know, course correct, right? Did you get any blowback from your team? Any resistance from your team? Like, what are we doing here? Let's just, uh, I got to get out while I can kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I'd be lying if I said no, like we did, but I would say that uh, the good thing about, the people on my team is that, you know, for the, like, I'd say like, we only had like two people leave, but that was just, you know, external factors. Like, right. you know, they wanted something more sustainable, whatever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. startups, like startups are startups, right. You don't yep. join a startup because you're making like Google money right out the gates. Yep. You, you join a startup because you love what you're doing. You see the potential, you want to get in on the ground floor and you grow as they grow. Right. That's why you join a startup. But for us, Like I would say that the people that the guys that are on my team, um, uh, like the men and women on my team, and they, they were, um, there were some resistance, but I think it came from a, I think it came from a good place. It didn't come from like a scared place because I think I, I took some time to really think about not only what I'm going to say, but how I'm going to say it, because ultimately those initial moments in a crisis set the stage for the tone 
of how your how your team should feel. They react like like it's like it's almost like think about it this way. Like if you're scared, your kids can feel that fear and they know you're scared and yeah. then they get anxious just by virtue of being in your presence. Right. So it's the same tendency not to say that they're my kids and anything like that but it's that it's that right, vibe right. you give off do you remember your words to them do you remember like okay i gotta go in this is the first time i'm going to speak about this do you remember what you said and if you do, do you want to share i literally said this i i kid you not the, the exact words i said was hey guys i know i know you've been seeing a lot of stuff on the news um i i have a i have a great plan for us i said don't worry um, I said, in hindsight, I shouldn't have said, don't worry. Cause I feel like people tend to worry when they say that, <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Like hindsight's 2020. So I said, yeah, don't worry guys. Give me a few days. I'm just going to put together a little proposal, a little presentation. I'll share it with you guys. Take the next few days off, just hang out, enjoy the nice weather, you know, whatever. And then that's it. And then I just took some time, did a little bit of kind of an, uh, had a bit of an internal monologue where I'm like panicking and dying inside slightly. And then I was just like, okay, let's just break it down one step at a time. And I literally just sat down. Uh, you know, we have a little bonfire here in our backyard. So I like had brought a beer, had a little, little bonfire hang hung out and it just kind of collected my thoughts and just wrote it down and just said like, like point by point, what we're going to do, how we're going to redefine what our company does and how we're going to repackage that in the most, capital efficient way because when you're doing like a hard left on a product or you're taking a sharp turn right mm-hmm. that that costs money right because you're like these guys have been pushing forward assuming a certain type of like end goal but then when you say hey you know what scrap everything you just did because we don't have a we don't have buyers anymore you know we don't have customers yeah, yeah, yeah. now we're creating this new shiny little thing you know it's a it can be daunting uh, because you pull people, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's just something new. Right. And not right. a lot of people take that, but my exact words to follow up from that, we're just saying, Hey everyone, you know, I had some time away. I had to think, uh, I know exactly how we're going to tackle this. This is what we're going to do, but I need everyone to listen. And I, and you know, if you're, if you're in, you're in, if you're out, please let me know from now, because this is going to be an intensive next few weeks. We're going to relaunch the product. We're going to repurpose and remarket all of this to existing customers, new people, and really just hit the ground running. This is literally our one chance let's make it work. Who's in and everyone stayed except one person, but that's okay. Right. Um, but at the same time, I gave them a kind of that, that chance, right? Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to push people into their, into this new weird, unfamiliar terrain and then have them only kind of like half asset. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I wanted this, I wanted to set the stage and let them know, like, if you're in, you're in like you it's, that's it. Jump both feet first. This is how we're going to do it. And then after that, we set up a follow-up meeting and we did a very, very tight time. And we actually recreated the whole product for the web in one month. So it was really fast turnaround time because we knew speed to market and the, like the demand for what we were doing was there. We just needed to educate people onto the value of it and build on what's familiar because people right now, like the psychology, there's a little bit of psychology here, right? Because, you know, in the time of crisis, people tend to gravitate to what they trust and what they trust is often what's familiar to them. Yep. And so you need to, instead of saying, hey, we've got this big, crazy new thing, you say, hey, listen, we're the missing half of Zoom. 
You use Zoom. We're using it right now. And a lot of people gravitated towards that. So when you start to frame it in familiar terms, you don't seem so big and bad and scary, right? You seem like, oh, the missing half of Zoom. Cool. Well, we're using Zoom. So let's give it a shot. And so that was my foot in the door to get this rolling. And then, you know, we started to build some momentum, had a bit of a drop off and now it's kind of, you know, it's been, it's been ramping up. So, you know, that, that's kind of the journey from the pandemic. I want to ask Amanda, do you picture this the way I picture it? I picture it. Have you seen, have you seen, you've seen Moneyball. Have you seen Alex? You've seen Moneyball. Of course I've seen Moneyball. Uh, It's a long time ago. I haven't seen it in a while. (laughs) Because I picture it, the Billy Bean character, Brad Pitt doing the Billy Bean character, talking to Jonah Hill's character, Peter Brandt saying like, do you believe in what we're doing here? Because if you do, let's just go with it. You know, like, are we, are we, are you, are you all in for what, what's, what's, what's going on here? And that's the moment that I picture. I didn't, I did not picture that. What I was thinking of was actually, you know, when Alex said earlier, hindsight is twenty twenty. You made a really huge decision on it very quickly in the middle of a pandemic. Like now looking back, do you think that you were hasty in making that decision? Do you think that this was the right way to go and this was just the push you needed to go that way? Are you really happy with with the the big sort of 180 turn or I don't know, hard left, whatever it was you called it. (laughs) Were you happy with that at the end of the day? Or do you think like, maybe I jumped a little too soon because, you know, we didn't, things were not certain. Like if you did this back in March, April of 2020, I'm sure there was people that are like, Alex, you've lost your fucking mind. Can you slow it down a little bit? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, to your point, Mark, I haven't actually seen that, that I, well, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I, I kind (laughs) of, it's funny that there's that much overlap. So hopefully I didn't uh, sound too, uh, <laughs> too, too cliche in that side, but that was just literally how I how I felt, and that was the word that came out. So, uh, but to, to, to your point, Amanda, I mean, I I I would say, you know what? I think it was exactly what needed to happen at the exact time. It you know we we did it. Um, like I, I think everything lined up perfectly. I think the you know we really did take advantage of a time like we were like like. It's shitty to say because I, you know, I know it a lot of good companies oh that, 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 that kind of, that, that tanked yeah. and they just are, you know, or they had incurred a lot of debt or they just really went down in flames and, and, you know, and so, so on that side, it's shitty, but, you know, on our end, you know, just to kind of speak on, you know, where I'm coming from, but, you know, we were able to essentially, you know, thrive and reinvent ourselves and use it as a time to really build on something new and, 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 uh, work with a, an audience that, you know, healthcare is a very resistant to change. Um, they love to work with what they know and what they know has been passed down for years and years and years and years and years. And so when you're coming out of there and be like, Hey, listen, I can not only save you money, but I can help you make more money. Like, what are your thoughts? And then, you know, and so, so essentially, you know, the breakdown was that I think, I think exactly what, what needed to happen happened. Mm. Um, I don't regret any of it. Uh, I think if anything, I think I should have pushed a little harder now that I think back on it, you know, I think I should have really put pump the gas 
but I was kind of reluctant myself because it wasn't really what I came into this whole, you know, mindset with, right? It was yeah. kind of like an afterthought. It was really such a mind fuck because you, just like you said, you're seeing, you're seeing other people, you're seeing your competitors or your colleagues yeah. or however you want to say it. Some of them are just not going to survive or the, or they're not making the decisions that would help them advance or even just stay afloat. And we had the same thing. Like we, we started doing stuff that we probably should have been doing before, but this yep. gave us the push to do it. And it's almost like we felt we felt like, okay, I need to take this risk now. And it's actually worked out really, really well for us where yeah. we've, we've been thriving from a global pandemic. And I feel like a fucking asshole saying it. But a lot of it comes down to the, the commitment to what you're doing and the willingness to risk for the commitment. Well, that was it. We had already hit the point of no return. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. And I don't know if you know, Alex, uh, mine and Mark's major source of income, our our business is a continuing education company. So pre-pandemic, we were hosting continuing education courses like professional development courses for manual therapists in class. So we were having, you know, 20, 22 people in our space and doing um, a lot of practical teaching. Well, Fast forward to 2020, nobody's coming in to take a course. Government restrictions say we can't even have 20 or 22 people in our space. We're like, well, now what? Like, this is our this is our career. This is what we do. So we also made a very quick decision. And by, I think, May of 2020, we had shifted so much stuff to virtual live stream teaching. And like Mark said, it was probably something we should have been doing before, but it's a lot of work. and. There was nothing that pushed us to do it. And then that was it. That was the time. And we did it. And now we're, you know, on Zoom all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you guys feeling the Zoom fatigue yet? Uh, I think Mark you know is what? sick of talking to black boxes. I, I, I'm, I, the Zoom fatigue is not nearly as bad as the eight hours in front of a group of people wearing a mask, oh, talking yeah. nonstop. But yeah, no, I hear you, though. I mean, the Zoom stuff, I mean, don't get me wrong. Virtual is convenient. I love it. Um, it's working, but at the same token, it's, it's definitely, it's draining. Like, you know, when you're on back to back calls, like I'm just, I just had a glimpse at my calendar just as, as I was uh, shuffling something here on my screen and I was like, <laughs> oh man, like it's crazy. You know, like it's, it's definitely helped offload a lot of the like travel times and such, but I think, you know, you know, again, it's, there is no replacement for the personal touch and the personal experiences that you get with one-on-one face-to-face. Like I would love to, you know, have, you know, come meet up with you both and, you know, hang out, grab a beer, chill, chat, you know, kind of put, put a face to the name and everything we're doing. But unfortunately, you know, we kind of have to uh, roll with the punches here and kind of what, what the world's dealing us right now. Um, But at the same token, I think that, if you find the right customers and the right people that partners that you work with um, it's, it's like, you know, they, it's like you get to a point where some people just say, Hey, listen, you know what? We don't want it. And then they just say, no, you get the people to say, ah, you know, I'm interested, but you know, I'm kind of not all in. And then you get the, some, and then you get a good chunk of people that say, it's like, they can see the world through your eyes mm. and they can see the vision that you're trying to share with them and that it's coming from a good place and that it's coming from us, you know, saying, Hey, listen, the future of healthcare is blended. It's going to be on, on site and virtual. You know, we want to be able to enable you the tools to get that ready to go so that you're not going to be scrambling for these last minute solutions when, you know, 
other things happen or, you know, you're losing people or you're losing patients and, you know, things like that. Right. So that's, that's kind of really where, you know, we approach it. So we, we take a really hands-on approach with a lot of the people that we work with and much like yourself, right. You know, you, you're, you're very focused on the educational component, but also, you know, really maintaining that great personal experience that people, you know, is memorable for them um, as much as it, as much as it is something that they can, you know, be like champions for and share and be like, you know, I love you guys. And I want to, I want to be part of the, you know, being, uh, you know, getting more receive more kind of services from you and stuff like that. Right. So, so that's kind of like really at the core of it all. So Alex, I want to understand your vision a little more. Cause you just said that you said you want, you know, everybody to, or you, there's the people that really understand your vision. They want to be with you. So when this was all in development and, you know, you're thinking about who could benefit from this, let's start there. You know, as an entrepreneur, you saw a hole, you saw a problem, a problem that you felt like you could solve, right? And now that it's actually going and people are buying the product, who are the patients that you feel are the ones that really benefit for your product? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I totally glazed over that. I know you asked that earlier. Um, But uh, yeah, so really the people who we're working with right now, I would say it, it varies. Like we have small clinics, private practices, rehab centers, uh, universities, um, and all the way to, you know, a handful of hospitals, but ultimately it's the people we work with are primarily occupational therapists, physical therapists, social workers, behavioral therapists, um, even recreational therapists in some regard. Um, really it's kind of just different touch points of providing a therapeutic experience, um, and, and those are the main people we're working with. And, and ultimately, uh, so we work like we're B2B. So we work with businesses, organizations, mm-hmm. and we want to build off their familiarity with their, with their, with their patients, because ultimately when a person goes to receive care in any regard, you don't really go to the, you know, you don't really, not many people really take it upon themselves to go and find some new alternative source of care. No, you go where your doctor tells you to go. You go exactly. You go to what is your trusted sources and their trusted recommendations, because that's kind of the hierarchy of, you know, the flow of things. Right. And so we wanted to just augment and complement the professionals and just say, listen, think of us as another tool in your toolkit where we can make your day a hell of a lot better, save you a bunch of money and engage more clients in a single day even outside of business hours and it all literally our costs are, you know, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can get NeuroFit. So we wanted to make it as little, little prohibitive as possible so that we can just get people using it, get that experience, really generate that great, you know, kind of value for people and then work with them as partners and that, and, and grow as they grow. Um, but yeah, so, and then, and with the end users, so these are the people who are on the, patient facing side, uh, we've worked with literally the spectrum of like with people. So, um, my big thing was I wanted to make it always inclusive and accessible and user experience like front and center. So we've worked with as young as five and as old as 95, our oldest patient was 95. Um, so it's usable on both fronts. Ultimately the goals differ from people, you know, for a 95 year old person, you know, they're more about just staying engaged, staying active, staying kind of mentally more agile, you know, but as you move to younger, it's more play focused, right? Uh, It's less about how do these skills connect to like 
getting back to work or driving or, you know, I don't know, just whatever, like being able to run again or bike again. Right. So it's different about those experiences. Um, But, and then in terms of the different sets of diagnoses that we work with, um, fetal alcohol syndrome, cerebral palsy, brain injury, concussion, uh, autism, ABI, um, you name it, pretty much the, the, the majority of neurological conditions, uh, whether they be acquired. So like something physical trauma or Mm -hmm. something like that to the head, uh, or body, uh, or something more congenital. So something you're born with, right. So like, like down syndrome or autism, right. Um, these are things that we've, these are like, like kind of individuals that we've worked with and, you know, really we wanted to create an experience that adapts to what they need. Because when, when people use NeuroFit, the beauty of it is that it adapts to what you need. So it's always changing and learning. So we've got this cool, like machine learning, like AI type system and built in that we call our adaptive learning system. But, you know, I won't talk about the features and stuff, but you can think of it as that it really, all it does is it learns from you and creates an experience that is always calibrating to either make it harder or easier or more engaging uh, ways to provide you more insight. Really, we wanted to connect with people on their terms so that you're getting something that means that matters to you and you can set goals that you, that make you feel empowered and promote independence and really just help you feel like, you know, you're, you're kind of moving the needle and taking, taking control of your care. Because a lot of the times when you're, you know, in the healthcare, you know, in the driver's seat and you're, you're going through the motions, you kind of just go with what people are saying for you to do. Right. It's, 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 it's not very often that I find, or at least in not many places that I've, that I've come across where, you know, patients kind of steer the the process, right? It's kind of like, we allow you some limited amount of, you know, kind of space to work and operate within, but we're going to tell you what to do. And you're kind of going to follow that because, you know, that's just how it is. Right. And don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, no one knows you better than you. Yeah. And I think that most people who work in rehab these days are trying to move more in that direction, being a little bit more patient centered. And, you know, we understand that nobody knows you more than you. You know, I say that to my clients all the time, you know, your your body better than I do. So making sure that your, your patients are actively involved in their therapy and empowered in a certain ways, like you mentioned before, that this can actually, you know, detect if someone's going to stick to their their therapy and if someone's going to continue with their rehab or not and if they're not going to continue then there's no point in doing anything because it it's not going to be successful um there's a whole bunch of things that, about this that sounds just so cool to me one just your description right there was so perfect because now i understand that it really actually is a fitbit for your brain mm-hmm. i think it's really cool that it's sort of this fun i i read uh the word gamified a, a, a clinically supported and scientifically backed game exercises. And I love that, you know, people can do this sort of on their own. You're strengthening your brain, you're rebuilding skills. So it's, it really is rehabilitation, but doing it on your own. And it's got this intuitive AI component that is making sure that it's, it's doing what you really need it to do. It's not just like going online and, you know, doing some memory games. That's, you know, that eventually you're going to say like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the big issue here, right? Is that, you know, you got the Lumosities, you've got the other apps, you go on the app store, you could find a billion and one apps that are just pumped out daily that are, you know, trying to, you know, 
challenge your brain or mm. do these little things and give you like these little like token rewards. And don't get me wrong, you know, they're fun. They're, you know, they got their, you know, their audience. But at the end of the day, there's really nothing tailored for therapeutic experiences. It's something that, you know, really does combine how you're feeling with how you're performing because how we navigate our day-to-day life is essentially based on how we feel like, right? Like this call and how we're talking today, we'll never be able to replicate this call, this experience, this kind of connection, even if we wanted to. So, you know, it's our moment by moment behaviors and, 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 and skills and abilities are very much driven by what it means to be human, which is our emotions, which is our sense of, you know, um, our mood, our, our like our, our like how how we're feeling. So that that's that's what we wanted to capture, and that's what sets us kind of uh, you know kind of uh, far apart from what's out there right now. I can't help but point out the irony that the um, human connection and the feeling bit is being brought in by a machine and not a human. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the funny thing, right? Is that so? So my big thing is that you know it's like yeah, how do you personalize? you know, digital stuff. Right. So really we're just trying to create digitally enabled therapeutic experiences because again, we're not taking away jobs. We're just trying to help people. No, exactly. This is, this is a product. This is a, a component, like you said, a tool for practitioners to use with their patients as something they can bring home with them, do on their own or an additive to their therapy. It's not replacing their therapy. It's not replacing their interaction with their practitioners it's another component that's only going to build on what they're already doing. So, but yeah, I do think it's funny that it's like talking about how people yeah. feel and I'm like, okay, it's the robot telling us. How I know, feel. right? Cool. I know. It's, it's, it's funny, but I mean, that's the whole point, right? Is we're trying to offload some of that stuff that we take in as people, like we acknowledge it, but we don't really like quantify it. Right. Cause you don't really have time for it. Like, I mean, imagine if you were in class and every time someone asked a question, you could measure that. And then you could say, you know, is the person in our class that's performing the best in their grades, the ones that ask the most questions? Well, now we've got the data and not, not that it really matters to a lot of people, but if you're kind of like, you know, if you're kind of interested in those, those details, those insights, uh, really trying to translate those insights into actionable outcomes is really what NeuroFit does, right? So we're, we're shining a light on the lesser known aspects of that limited time you have with the person, because there is no time to talk about, you know, how you feel, how motivated you are, how engaged you are. So we just gather all that information in a multitude of ways. But the cool thing about it is now that the world's slowly opening back up again, so does the VR come back into the picture. Mm. So now we've been able to support people remotely or using the NeuroFit web and then to kind of step into the VR, which is much more, uh, I don't know if you, have you guys ever used VR before in the past? I have not. I've always wanted to because there's a place, there's like, anyway, there's a VR place in the mall right beside us. Nice. Too. <laughs> why you, Why did you look at me like that? Like your eyes went all big. <laughs> anyway, uh, It's, maybe it's definitely an, ex- I would highly encourage you to do it. And, and, and uh, actually, you know what? I can even do one better. Maybe next time, you know, next time, uh, the, you know, we the restrictions loosen up a bit. I'll swing over by your place and I'll bring you the VR and you do it. You can try it yourself. Oh, nice. Oh my cool. God. Yes. Mark has <laughs> um, to try this. Yeah, I'll, I'll get both of you set up with it. I got a bunch of headsets here, but the right. idea, you can think of it this way. Think of it as just being transported into a world 
anywhere you want the world. Like your, your limit is your imagination. And so what we've done is that we've been able to turn these 10 foot by 10 foot squares around you. And we map that space out and we make your hands, the controllers. So you don't even need to pick up a controller. You can just pick up your hands and start touching around and interacting with stuff. But the really cool thing here is that, you know, we're looking at like, uh, so it's like, if we wanted to know if someone has limited range of range of motion or, you know, their arms, like maybe if they had a stroke or something, you just, lift up your hands to the side, lift them up in front of you, lift them, you know, put the point them down and we just draw out the measurements of what they can do. And then every time they use NeuroFit, that experience changes according to how they've, you know, how they've been able to, how they've been able to perform. And so we're always kind of ramping it up just a little, right? Just like when you go to the gym, right? You know, you run two kilometers, then you run 2.5, then you run three, then you run five, right? So you're slowly ramping it up. And so that's what we're doing so that every time they use NeuroFit, we kind of just are slowly calibrating it to just nudge them in the direction of their goal. That's all. That's really cool. I, I'm also sorry. I'm, I've been looking through your website like as we talk too, because it's just it needs updating. But no, but could, you know what though? It's just it. everything that you're describing and everything I'm reading here. It's it's really interesting to me. Like I'm seeing here, there's you know three categories for these exercises: attention, processing, and memory. Um, it feels like you've covered like pretty much everything on here. You know, you've got um, the ability to look at all the data. Like you say, you can do remote. You can do the VR. Um, getting data about people's feelings. And I, I don't know, this whole thing is just so fascinating to me. And this all all came from this skater guy who didn't really didn't really give a shit about school. I want I want to yeah. know then who who told you like fuck this is a dumb idea like just don't bother go do something else. Did you get any of that and and, and what do you, what do you got to say all to them? All the time, man, all the time. Like I had I literally had a person stop me and say uh what you have is not a business. This is a research paper. Stop. And that, that was it. And that was that this was an investor. I pitched it to an investor. Um, it was just like, you know, like a total shot in the dark to say, Hey, listen, if I can do this, you know, with like no idea now that we've got something, let's see if maybe we can, you know, uh, sprinkle in a little bit of angel money or something like that. Right. And see what yeah. we can do. But, you know, I just, just totally got shot down. And not only did I get shot down, but they like, freaking t- took the knife and they twisted, twisted it. it. You know? oh. So they, they just really made it bad for me. And I was just like, Oh man. And it just calls into question everything you've done all the time you've spent all the, you know, the kind of experiences you've had. And so it was one of those really uh, difficult moments. In those moments, are you like, uh, I, and I understand those sensations that you're describing, but are also you like a fuck you, man, I'm going to show you something because I'm one of those like sure. you, can, you can say anything you want. And I, if I truly believe in whatever's going on, even as fucking out, outrageous as it might be, I'm always the OK, OK, keep going. Fuck off. Funny story, actually, is that ever since that moment in 20, uh, I would say late 2018. So before the business actually became formalized, because we we incorporated September of 2019. And so. Uh, before that moment, um, 
yeah, all of those kind of shitty moments that happen, what I would do is, <laughs> this might, I don't know if you guys find this weird or find this funny, but I would write down in this little notebook that I have and I would timestamp what I did, nice. where it was and who said something, the no. And I just called it my big book of no. <laughs> and I would just basically write it down. And my goal throughout that year would be how many no's could I then turn into a yes. Nice. And nice. when I, when they become a yes, you know, it wouldn't be just about bragging or being like, you know, fuck you. you like, I did it. I proved you wrong. But it was more so just being like, you know what? I know I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. And this book is kind of like my compass to kind of show me that I am doing something right. I, you know what? The no's happen, but I'm not here to make everyone happy. Absolutely. I'm here to just make a very select few people happy and make them freaking love what we're doing and then just stay, keep, keep staying stay happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would just basically document it. And I think I, I haven't done it for a little while and I should, but I think at the time, I think I had something like in the order of like 120 something no's <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> and this was before even a single sale FYI, this was just all the no's between any sort of opportunity that required a yes, no response. Yeah. And those are all the no's leading up to it. So, you know, for any person that's literally like the cookbook for depression and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but for me, it was something that just kind of, you know, I, I use it as a bit of a light, a flame, you know, and kind of what we were doing and say like, nah, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And just, you know, it's not, you know, and so that was just kind of what I did, which I, I think is, somewhat unconventional i don't know many people who do that nor do i really share it but but uh yeah, I dig so it. I a little dig bit it. of a sneak peek not many people know that absolutely i dig it man when someone says you can't do it go do it and take pictures you know i dig <laughs> yeah. it i dig it but i like that uh, it's not it's not to prove any of them wrong right this is more of a no. positive reinforcement for yourself exactly. that like yeah. i know what i'm doing you may not get it yet or may not get it ever because that's exactly. the other thing in the, in the mind of a, an entrepreneur you're not trying to impress everybody you know who you're targeting and you know yeah. who needs your your products or services you know why you're doing what you're doing and you just do it and those people right. will realize oh yeah i need this guy and this virtual reality stuff it's so fucking cool to me yeah i mean it's definitely you know it's definitely come a long way i think we're in a very interesting time where the paradigm of the healthcare space has shifted the world and perspective that was so tightly gripping onto pen and paper is now saying, Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. if we don't try something new, we're screwed or we're losing our patients or we're going to get bad reviews and we get bad reviews. We're going to get, you know, we're going to, you know, all this stuff, it's going to be like a a cyclone of just nonsense that's going to happen. Right. So effectively, you know, People have either out of necessity or just out of sheer interest and willingness to kind of think forward. That's kind of what we're doing. So we approach it in a bunch of different ways. We have this community called our NeuroFam. Basically, it's just a bunch of brain injury survivors, uh, professionals, advocates, caregivers, uh, awesome people like you guys, and just bring them together and just like have them discuss, offer feedback, help us build something with them, not just for people, because A lot of companies build stuff just for someone, but it's another experience to take a step back and say, Hey, listen, we're building it for you, but why can't we build some stuff with you? Mm. And that alone has been a very instrumental tool in allowing us to really understand not only what people want, but what they could want, what might they want in the future? So you're keeping your, your finger on the pulse 
of what your people want and how you can best serve their needs, but also where the market is evolving, understanding what people could be needing support in and really just trying to stay ahead of the curve. And so that's why we do those. Um, but another thing is just educating. Um, so I'm a big, big proponent of, you know, talking with people like, you know, we're talking here today, you know, just getting the word out, uh, talking with different people and just connecting, learning. I make it a place to take once a week and just give back to my network. And so I go out on LinkedIn and, you know, I'll help different people if they ask me for like help with their presentation or their pitch or their PowerPoint or their, um, you know, how to tighten up their business model or how do you market this or, you know, like anything like, right. Like anything business centered, you know, and just really put myself out there and just give back because, you know, I think the world's given so much to me that I think it's just, you know, I just really want to do something in whatever way I can with my limited, you know, abilities right now, virtually speaking. But um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what it's all about. I think I knew whose TED Talk we're going to be listening to next. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bore you. <laughs> well, I think this is a good time, Alex, for people listening, because you've you've really given us an idea of how the company started, where the idea came from, um, who you can be of service to and what it is. I think this is the point where it would be great if you can give people some information, how to get in touch, um, contact information, website information, anything like that for anyone who wants more details on you. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. No, I'd love to. Uh, I mean, you could check us out on neuro at neurofit.ca. So neuro like N-E-U-R-O fit like fitness.ca. Um, or you could just check us out on social media. We're pretty active on there. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Um, uh, Instagram as well. And um, yeah, it's just all the same handle at neurofit VR. Um, but lastly, just feel free to get in touch. I mean, don't be a stranger. Um, you know, I am not going to bite your head off. I love having conversations. Virtual coffees are like my new thing now. I love them. Uh, so just, you know, set up a 15, 30 minute call and just chatting, learning about what people are doing and see how, you know, I could be of value. I think just, you know, being able to help people and, you know, people you would never think you could be of help to, um, you know, and, and, but yeah, so, Online, you can reach us there or you could reach out to us uh, via email, but um, it's just info at neurofit.ca and uh, one of us will get your contact and I'll reach out to you uh, one way or another. But um, yeah, that's that's us in a nutshell. So thank you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate, you know, you give me a voice uh, being able to, you know, um, share some love and love what you guys are doing. There needs to be more people and proponents like you for just really bringing that multidisciplinary approach together and connecting uh, like-minded people who love to help others. I have one last question before we finish up. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so, well, I mean, we got the, the whole bonus hi- round. We got the whole history of the company, and we know where you are today. Oh, I know where you're going. Where Where is it going? That's, <laughs> uh, that is the question. Where is it Selling going? Selling this now? baby to Amazon. I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, it was such kidding. a good I'm interview kidding. up till I'm now. Kidding. I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. So where we're going, honestly, I think the big thing that we're going to next is really just trying to really cultivate great partnerships. So, you know, we're really excited to work with our educational partners um, because really we, we're supporting the next wave of healthcare professionals to be able to provide them the tools they need to offer care in their own ways, um, but just also giving them, you know, 
um, a new way to provide care to, to, to their patients. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And two is just, I would say just like, you know, just meeting more people like 2021 is just like, for me, it's, it's been, it's been uh, an exciting time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I really feel like the year's already felt really, <laughs> really busy to date. And it's only been a couple months in, but um, sure. yeah, I mean, really where we're headed, honestly, is just, you know, keep this going. Um, you know, just really exciting. We're doing some fundraising soon. So um, yeah, that's going to be, uh, yeah, just really light a fire under what we're doing and just keep ramping it up. So, because the big thing is that, you know, what we're doing is a global problem. So we need a global solution. So that's where NeuroFit fits in, right? And right now we're just playing to kind of the markets that we know, which are, you know, North America, English speaking sectors, but there's so many people that have come forward and said like, hey, I love NeuroFit, but I can't give it to my grandma who speaks Chinese, or I can't give it to my uncle who speaks Greek or Macedonian or whatever, or Russian. And, you know, and so I think really building up that kind of framework of how can we help more people um, and then the last thing is moving from not just purely rehabilitation, but also including it into the spectrum of recovery. Mm. And we know that, you know, when we think of rehab, we think of it as one finite place in a person's time in their life, but really it can occupy a big chunk of your life, especially when you're talking about athletes. So we've got some exciting partnerships coming up soon and I'll save a bit of a spoiler alert, but it's going to be with the professional athletes. And we'll be, what we'll be doing is we'll be able to support people in their off ice training Mm. and off the court, off the field training and being able to provide them with the tools they need to be able to um, really bring their training to wherever they are, wherever they're traveling, wherever they're situated at home, wherever home may be, um, and really keep them, you know, in, in, in safe locations so that they minimize any sort of transmission risk, minimize any sort of um, danger to themselves or others, um, and just keeping them at top of their game. And so those are the kind of the three things that I'm really excited for. And those are things that we're rolling out uh in different quarters throughout the year. All of our like high performance um, and manual therapists, movement therapists, their ears just perked up. Absolutely. <laughs> so nice. I love it. Neuroplasticity. <laughs> Buzzwords. <laughs> AI, blockchain. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for hanging no out problem. with us late at night, Alex, after hours. Entrepreneurs, hey, no we work We work around the clock, right? Yeah, you guys are awesome. I think uh, that's, you know, you got to, got to keep at it. I think, uh, I appreciate you taking it so late this, like this evening with uh, the call. I think it's, uh, I was almost like, Oh man, seven 30. I feel bad. And what's kind of winding down on a Tuesday. Um, uh, but no, this is awesome. I, I definitely feel renewed. I got like a, this is like a coffee for me. So I'm, I'm feeling excited and feeling amped. Um, if there's anything I could do to help you and your community, please let me know. I'm always happy to, you know, be there. You know, we could always put our thinking, thinking caps on and, uh, you know, maybe over a drink or something next time, but, uh, nonetheless, love it. You guys are awesome. So thank you again. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, the future of, uh, you know, where we're going with NeuroFit and just, you know, you know, wishing you guys all the best in your practice. Right on brother. This has been good. Thanks for hanging. No problem. Thanks guys. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.